0: This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.
1: And welcome to the show. It's about uh, six minutes after 4 o'clock. John Scholes here along with John Pincus, partner at Sanfiru Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in Canada. You can check that out. Anytime you like, tis true, wouldn't steer you the wrong way. Look, we got a lot to talk about today. Anytime you want to chime in and uh, ask some questions, ask John some questions. Your legal rights when it comes to employment law, 604-280-9898 is the way. We'll get to that. Maybe some emails if we have time between your phone calls. That is simply help at employmentlawyer.ca. And the topic for today is a very topical one, an important one. We've been getting a lot of calls all, uh, calls all week in other markets when we're doing this show, and that would be mandatory vaccinations and telecommuting arrangements. So, lay down a couple ground rules before we start, just to do John a favor. Uh, when I say mandatory vaccinations, it's not your opinion on vaccines. I don't care if you want to get vaccinated. I don't care if you're an anti-vaxxer. This is not the political end of the spectrum. This is the employment law, the legal law end of the spectrum. So if it has something to do, something you're scratching your head when it comes to your job or employment, that's the type of question we want. Whether you want to roll up and get a needle, I'm not concerned. Hope to do, but that's okay. That's a different show. So having said that, let's get at her. Phone line's open, 604-280-9898. John, my brother, you always start with a couple week that was things. What's
2: going on, pal? That's right. And we're going to talk about some situations that, um, well, I, I guess everything these days is COVID-19 related, yeah. unfortunately, uh, but not specifically uh, mandatory vaccines related. And And on that note, you know, we're going to be talking a lot about mandatory vaccination policies and telecommuting and all those kinds of things that are, of course, very topical and top of mind for everyone but I would still encourage anyone who has any employment law issue. Remember, we're here to talk about anything employment law related. So if it's as simple as you lost your job uh, or you're being treated as a contractor, you're not sure your rights, that kind of thing, we're happy to talk about all of that today. So uh, please don't be shy uh, to call in about anything workplace law related. So uh, in terms of the week, that was a couple situations that uh, I thought would be interesting to talk about today. Uh, The first one is someone who was placed on a layoff about three weeks ago, working at a fairly large software company. And they were told the reason for the layoff was due to the uh, fourth wave of COVID-19. That's what they were told. And before coming to me, this person decided she was going to speak with her employer directly. And she said, look, I don't agree to this. We were working from home throughout the pandemic. Why all of a sudden am I being put on a layoff now? And in response, the employer accuses person of not being a team player, saying, "Look, we'll have to give a little bit because of the pandemic. In your case, you have to give up your income, I suppose. Uh, and this is just the way it's going to be. And uh, this is not a negotiation. This is not a discussion. And that's when she gave me a call. And when she came to me, the first thing that you know I asked her is, of course, had you been laid off before?" And uh, and now, all of a sudden, uh, Mindy, the first time in the pandemic as well, she's being told that she has to be laid off. She had never been mm-hmm. laid off before, and now she's told that she, now that she's not accepting it, she's not being a team player, and she has to be laid off with no pay for an undetermined period. Right. Well, The law does not work like that. In this case, despite what's written in the Employment Standards Act, despite what you may hear from your employer about, you know, we can put you on a layoff for 13 weeks, that's just not the case if you haven't agreed to it this person is going to be able to treat this as a constructive dismissal and pursue her full severance. And that is exactly what we're going to be doing here. And again, the important thing is that this person had not been laid off before and not agreed to it. If you have been laid off, you may be saying to yourself, okay, I'll let it fly this time, but next time I'm not going to be okay with it. Well, that's fine if that's the way you're going to do it, but be very careful about making sure that you put it in writing to your employer that you're not accepting it and in fact, rejecting it as a term of your employment in the future. And you may want the help of an employment lawyer to do that. And even then, truthfully, the best way to avoid layoffs, uh, future layoffs, and the best way to avoid impediments to your severance is to treat them as a breach of your employment at the time they happen if that's what you are, uh, if you're not prepared to agree to them. And the way to do that is with the help of an employment lawyer.
1: And you want to reach out to John anytime, by the way, as mentioned, it's uh, 1-855-821-5900. That will do. Uh, but here and now on the show, 604-280-9898. you got plenty of time to call in with your questions. Any un, Anything under that employment law umbrella is uh, is good to go, so feel free to do that uh, do that right now. Okay, what else you got going What's your
2: next matter? So the second situation, this this was one that actually really bothered me. Uh, this involves an individual who took a medical leave for two months uh, for an ongoing back issue that he'd been having for a few years. And he handed the company, uh, he, the, the, the company he works for, he handed them a doctor's note. And he let them know that he was going to be off work until he could have his surgery, uh, which at the time uh, was scheduled for mid April 2021. Now, unfortunately, due to COVID, as Many surgeries in, in, in BC, his had to be postponed. So, as a result, his surgery ended up happening just a few weeks ago. And he informed the company at that time and sent them a doctor's note updating them on the status uh, at the time that it was postponed. So, this was back a, a few months ago. Uh, and he got no reply. So, naturally, he thought, okay, I suppose I'll get in touch with them in August when I have the surgery. So, last week, uh, he writes to his uh, employer and says, okay. Uh, I'm ready to come back, and as a mm-hmm. response, the company says, Oh, I'm sorry, we couldn't hold your job any longer. We planned it around your original surgery, so when it was postponed, we just we couldn't hold it anymore because it wouldn't be fair to the person who replaced you and Then the most brazen part of this, the company alleged that he had abandoned his position nice now of course, this is complete nonsense. Not only is this person going to be Owed severance, but he's going to have a claim for human rights damages at the tribunal as well. That is not the way uh, to treat someone who has a medical leave. They have an obligation to hold that job. This person has a disability. He's now lost his job as a result of his disability. The law is there to stop that from happening. And that's the time you got to talk to an employment lawyer.
1: Email works as well, help at employmentlawyer.ca, or always the website that's free and anonymous, built just with you in mind. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca covers all matters of employment law, questions you've been wanting to ask, do your research there, even before reaching out to John and uh, and giving him a call. Let's uh, As we get into our uh, first uh, break here in about three minutes, let's get to some of our topic for t- today, John. That would be mandatory, uh, mandatory vaccinations. Going to be 100 hundred questions we could ask about this. I know floating around in everybody's mind because it really is a confusing time uh, across the country for that matter. But locally, right here and now, can your employer let you go if you have not been vaccinated?
2: Well, you know, only the government has the power to make vaccines mandatory. Uh, and so for those industries that may be affected by the provincial health order uh, and for those industries that have spe- specifically... Uh, given an order or some kind of legislation that vaccination is required, then yes, those employees can be let go if they refuse to be vaccinated. Uh, and it may just not be possible for the employer to continue their employment. It's it's right. at that point, it really is outside the employer's hands. Uh, but for the most part, for most employees, particularly those who have been working from home, that's not going to apply. And for those employees, um, that they could be looking at both a severance package and human rights damages compensation if they are let go in those circumstances. So it really, really comes back to, you know, is the employer mandating it or is the government mandating it? And if it's the latter, well, then you're um, you're kind of stuck. If you're not vaccinated, you, you now have to make a choice. Uh, you have to choose whether you want to be vaccinated or whether you want to keep your job. But if it's the former, which most people are in, uh, then they cannot, uh, they can't require it.
1: Even with the uh, government angle as far as the mandate is, uh, is concerned, isn't it really in the minutia of the language? It's one thing when the government says we're mandating vaccines, but it's different if they say we're mandating vaccine policy for employers. That's different, isn't it?
2: Right. It, it is different, uh, but for example, in the case of the um, provincial health order uh, that we've just saw that is going to apply to uh, movie theaters, nightclubs, casinos, mm-hmm. uh, facilities, it's, it's fairly unequivocal. Uh, it's fairly yeah. unequivocal. And so I, I think the people working in those industries um, are going to have a tough time justifying remaining to be unvaccinated and still insisting they can come work uh, in person. But no, it... it, it, it it is necessary in terms of the fact that uh, the province has to be clear that it's not just going to be you have to have a policy but you actually have to have a requirement for a vaccine. so in ontario you know there's a lot of confusion about that
1: and welcome back to it. It is 4:18. Uh, John Scholes here. John Pincus, partner at Sanfiru Tamarkin LLP, answering all of your questions. The guy does it all week long. He is incredibly busy, especially in the current employment environment. It's it's really crazy out there. But th- that doesn't stop you from grabbing a phone and giving us a call here this afternoon. 604-280-9898. You want to reach out on your own after, have a more of a private conversation with John possible. Totally. one 855 and help at employmentlawyer.ca. Going to get to our first call here in a minute. This is our good pal Leo. Get some uh, lined up back at the station. But as we were discussing, uh, this 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 vaccination uh, web is so hard to, uh, to navigate, John, for everybody across the country. Can your employer even ask you if you've been vaccinated? Never mind demanding you get one.
2: You no, know, that that's a question I've been asked a lot and it, yeah. it does differ uh depending on uh, on the province. Uh but in BC, for example, occupational health and safety legislation does require, like all provinces, the employer to keep those workplaces safe. Uh and part of that is taking all reasonable measures to make sure that people aren't going to be unnecessarily exposed uh to pathogens in the workplace. Uh BC does, however, have uh, privacy legislation about employee data, uh, and those employers need to prove um, that if they're asking for this information, that it does not unreasonably infringe on an employee's privacy expectations. So they can't simply go and take your information and share it anywhere, um, but it may in some circumstances be possible for them to ask for it. So. If you are being asked for it, at at a minimum, you should be getting assurances that it is only uh, going to be shared with those that need to know in order to implement the vaccine verification program. Uh, most employers uh, who are wise about this, and you, you see this a lot in the in the federal sphere, um, federally regulated employers, uh, they will they will typically say that you don't need to answer, uh, and that if you don't give us an answer. Uh, we're not going to you know we're not we're not going to penalize you, but we're going to require you to do regular mandatory tests. Uh, and that way, they technically don't know if you've been vaccinated. Um, and so one way that you can go about this if you're not comfortable giving that information is you can say, look, I'm just not comfortable giving that information, but I'm happy to cooperate with um, any uh, safety procedures that uh, that need to be done to mitigate the risk.
1: 604-280-9898 is the number to call in. you got a question for us this afternoon. That's why we are here. Peter, thank you for Hello. standing by. How are you?
3: No problem. Good, how are you? Beauty. Good, what's um, on your mind? <laughs> I uh, My uh, grandson's working at uh, a restaurant, and uh, everybody's working very hard there, putting in long hours, six days a week, 10, 12-hour days, and this restaurant Good. refuses to pay overtime.
2: Wow, okay. Well, uh, you know, it's funny, Peter, a lot of times on this show, we say, uh, you know, don't go uh, to the Ministry of of Labour uh, for these kinds of things. Uh, Certainly, that's not where you would want to go to deal with uh, anything to do with severance, for example. Uh, But when you are dealing with overtime issues, and if it's for someone who's currently employed, uh, then the place to go for that is actually uh, the Ministry of Labor and uh, the Employment Standards Branch, uh, which sets the uh, working conditions for, for uh, workplaces in the province. Uh, so I would recommend, and certainly we can, uh, we can uh, intervene on, um, did you say it was your son? Uh, Grandson. Your grandson's behalf uh, to get this overtime paid, uh, but he may decide that it just makes more economic sense for him to go and look on the Employment Standards website um, and consider a complaint. Now, obviously, the first thing he wants to do is talk to the company and try and reason with them. I assume he's tried to do that already. They've,
3: they've, tried, they've tried that, and it's they're just giving giving them a bunch of gobbledygook. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Okay. Well, you know, unless he falls into some sort of uh, exemption, uh, which you can find uh, on the uh, ministry's website, and it doesn't strike me as this job meeting any particular exemption, then um, he's probably going to have a claim with the Employment Standards Branch uh, for overtime pay, and this is what they're there to deal with. This is one of those instances where you can go to the uh, Ministry of Labor and, you know, it doesn't cost anything to do that. Um, So that's what I recommend here
3: okay and so i just go uh like google employment standards bc or something
2: yeah, so if you uh, if you look up the uh, Ministry of Labor's uh, website, um, you'll mm-hmm. see there's a link to what's called the Employment Standards Branch. If you look up Employment Standards Branch, uh, yeah. there's going to be a link to making a complaint, uh, yeah. and then there's a five-step process uh, you can go through, and it's mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty user-friendly. So this is one of those instances that um, he can certainly, uh, if he needs the help of a lawyer, we're, we're happy to help, but if he's comfortable doing it on, on his own, there is that process for these kinds of disputes
3: yeah, perfect. Because they're, they're working them to the bone, and they're not paying them for it. So, Yeah, yeah it's not right. Yeah. Got my hackles up.
1: <laughs> no Fair kidding. Enough. Yeah, I Peter, appreciate the call. Fantastic stuff. Best luck with that. If you want to reach out afterwards to John or a member of his crew at the firm, that's a number. i going to give you a number here, 604-283-3123. But here and now, as you know, 604-280-9898. We'll get you on the air right now. Diane, it's your turn. Thanks for hanging on this afternoon. How are you?
0: Hi, thank you. Great. I'm well, thank you. Beautiful. Um, I suffered a workplace injury and I was um I went through surgery, returned back to work and then um a couple of years later I had a flare up and my doctor had put me off on on medical leave. Um, I did end up getting um some L T D because of COVID and everything was closed down and stuff. And the thing is, um uh, my doctor has uh, given me a note now to return back to work with some small um, modifications to my job, but my employer has put me on unpaid leave against my doctor's, um, you know, um, comments, and also um, I, I'm on unpaid leave, so. How long can they do that, first of all? And second of all, how long can they put you on unpaid leave before it's considered a termination?
2: Well, Dan, this is a good question. And this uh, brings what brings up what we call um, the duty to accommodate and undo hardship. Right. So typically in a situation like this, an employer is going to ask your doctor what kind of accommodations that you need. Um, And then they're going to say, okay, we can accommodate those restrictions or they're going to say, well, you know, we don't doubt uh, the veracity of your of your restrictions. We don't doubt that you need this. Uh, but it's going to change the size of our operation. It's going to change employee morale. It's going to be a completely debilitating financial cost uh, for us to do this. Um, and, and those are the kinds of things they can rely on to establish undue hardship. If they can't establish one of those things and it's just inconvenient for the company, then that is the moment they say no. There's no time limit on it. I, I mean there's a time limit for you to bring the complaint, but there's no there's no time that you have to wait to elapse. If they're saying no, that at that moment it is a you know is a breach of their duty to accommodate unless they can prove that it really was undue hardship for them to do. And again, the, the threshold for that is pretty high so if they are still not cooperating with you and if they're not giving you a clear and compelling reason as to why they can't accommodate you right now then that might be an appropriate time to get intervention from a lawyer
0: and and so and can they put you on leave
2: well no not really i mean leave is something that has to be requested from an employee uh, the only time that an employer can, uh, in this s- circumstance, can say, you know, we need you to be on leave, is if, for example, it's not safe for you to be in the workplace. Um, if you haven't, uh, if and, and you know, you may need a, a note from your doctor clearing it's safe for you to return to work, or if it's an instance where they're temporarily unable to accommodate you for some reason and they're only. Well, the able reason to
0: they're unable to accommodate me is because they've given they gave my job away several months ago.
2: Well, that is not a good reason. <laughs> that's that's a human, uh, that that is just about the worst reason they can have yeah. so diane th- this really sounds uh like a breach of their duty to accommodate and i think they uh, there are no good answers uh, to that question if that's really the reason they did it and you know that's how the truth will come out so i'd, I'd like you to give us a call because i think this might be um you, you don't want to sit on this for too long um, mm-hmm. and i think. I think if you're, you're looking to get back to work and they're not cooperating, then uh, it, it may need uh, us intervening. And I've intervened on behalf of several people in your circumstance and been able to negotiate a successful return to work or, at a minimum, uh, force them, uh, you know, the employer to recognize they're not going to pay, return you back to work, and, and get compensation in return. So, is that give us considered
0: some- constructive? If they put you on leave, is that considered constructive termination?
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. If you're put on leave against your will, then it's effectively termination.
0: It's definitely constructive um, termination.
2: Well, you know what? I'm not going to. I never say definitely without okay. having a. <laughs> without, I know. <laughs> I mean, first of all, nothing is definite. We have to always go through the circumstances. But right. it what you describe sounds sounds very compelling. I mean, if it really is as simple as that, if it really is as simple as. Um, we just have someone we like better or we just don't think it's fair to them. I mean, that really sounds like the example I talked about at the top of the hour, right? And and so um, I I think that this is a situation where uh, they're either going to have to invite you back to work or they're gonna have to pay a very generous severance package because they've got multiple liabilities here if they don't bring you back. They have
0: multiple
1: liabilities?
2: Yeah, uh, severance and human rights here. Okay, thank you so much. No problem. Please give
1: us a call. Welcome back. It is uh, 433, and you have plenty of time still to call in, talk to partner John Pinkett, Sanfiru Tamarkin, LLP, and get the advice you need, the compensation you deserve. It could be out there from the firm that has successfully helped tens of thousands of Canadians get results. By the way, the most positively reviewed employment law firm across this country as well. So, yeah, bring it on, 604-280-9898 for the remainder of the hour. That's how you talk to us and ask your questions. Telecommuting, vaccinations, mandatory or otherwise, confusing topic. That's what we're tackling in between the phone calls today, John. As you know, next question is this: Though we talked about uh, getting tested if you haven't been vaccinated, and that might be what you have to do. Can your employer demand that you have regular demand that you have regular COVID tests if you're not vaccinated?
2: You know, I'm going to say the answer to this is yes. Um, it's likely that requiring regular COVID tests. Uh, even in those industries uh, where they are perhaps not uh, still untouched by a provincial order um, or provincial legislative uh, mandate, it's probably going to be seen as a proper balancing of an employee uh, and employer's rights. Uh, You know, this is the balancing act of privacy and safety. Um, You know, generally before COVID, we probably would have treated this, we almost definitely would have treated this as an overreach, you know, requiring medical tests, as a condition to attend right. employment, especially if you know you're working in manufacturing or an office or something where you typically just wouldn't require that. But of course, COVID really has changed things, and I think this is one of those areas where uh, employers really do have discretion, and they're going to be looked on favorably uh, to trying to take basic measures to keep people safe in the workplace. And and I would make say this is probably going to be looked at in a similar way to masks in the workplace and social distancing, right? These are basic measures uh, that are taken to try and mitigate the risk of infection.
1: What if you say, uh, nope, I'm not taking the test. What are you going to do about it?
2: Well, in that case, it would not be illegal for your employer to terminate your employment, which again is different from an employer who terminates your employment uh, if you are not vaccinated. Uh, because in some cases, um, if again, if there's no government uh, law or order that applies, that would be illegal. Uh, in the case of COVID tests, refusing. You can be terminated for that, uh, but in that case, you can still pursue a severance package. Now, um, you, that that decision should not be made lightly uh, because you're putting yourself in a very uncertain position uh, in being out of a job, but if for some reason um, you are not uh, willing to take uh, regular COVID tests and your employment's terminated, it would still be the time uh, to call an employment lawyer uh, to, to help negotiate a severance package
1: want to mention as well, if you're uh, local to the show and you want to uh, give John or a member of his team a call at the firm 604-283-3123. But we are talking about mandatory vaccinations and all the questions that you've culminated over the last couple of weeks and put them into a, a nice little document for me to read out to you. So my job, simple, John, you just got to answer them all. And uh, the next one is what happens if uh, British Columbia does end up imposing mandatory vaccines?
2: Well, you know, we have seen that apply uh, to various industries. Now, they haven't—they uh, haven't made it specifically with respect to employment, but the implications of having it at these places like nightclubs, gyms, pools, uh, group exercise areas—you know—they're all listed. You can find them on the government's website. The implication of that is that probably the individuals who Need to be working in person on those locations. Uh, it will probably be uh, just just a reality that those people have to be vaccinated now. If you start seeing more specific employment uh, related orders, the way that we have seen for long-term care homes, for example, uh, then it is absolutely going to be legal for those employers uh, to require vaccines as a term of employment because they will have no choice. Uh, They will simply not have any hand in the matter. um, And those who refuse um, the vaccines in that case may actually not be owed severance. Again, this is a very specific scenario. We are talking about where the government has mandated it by law, by provincial order, by legislation, by regulation, however the case may be. But if they make some kind of order or law or regulation that you must have your employees vaccinated in order to continue to employ them, then at that point, it's just a requirement of the job. And there's nothing that uh, either the employee or the employer could do about that.
1: So at that point, bottom line, what should someone do if they're faced with that ultimatum work vaccine or else?
2: Well, you know, it's almost like uh, I almost wish I could I could uh, put out a decision tree here, right? Because there's going to be different scenarios. And that's why it's always best to to actually give us a call so we can walk you through the scenario, because, you know, there's a few things that we want to look at. And the first thing we're going to look at, of course, is whether you are in an industry where it's required. Like, is it a long term care home or is it a setting that may be impacted by BC's uh, proof of vaccination program that could end up requiring vaccination Now, if you are unvaccinated and it is not impacted by a law, and the reason for your uh, not being vaccinated is personal preference. Uh, then you can let your employer know that you are not comfortable uh, disclosing the personal medical information, and you know at that point you could turn to the privacy legislation and offer up regular testing as an alternative. Um, if you, and the other thing you can do, of course, um, is you can look into whether your job can be performed from home. Um, If you're unvaccinated the other thing that you should be asking yourself of course is is there a reason other than personal preference for avoiding the vaccine because often there is and one of those reasons uh, is medical Uh, and that is something that is covered by uh, bc's human rights legislation so if it is a medical exemption the very first thing you want to do is get a doctor's note specifically outlining that you have a medical uh, reason. Maybe you have some kind of reaction to getting the the vaccine. Maybe you have uh, a history uh, in your family that makes it risky to get uh, certain vaccines uh, that are currently available um, and give that to your doctor and be transparent about that. The other thing that you want to consider, if you have a medical reason for not being able to do it um, or a religious reason for not being able to do it, in which case, on a letter from your religious leader, uh, you should consider whether your job can be performed uh, by from home. Uh, because if your job can be performed from home, then not only are you entitled to not lose your job in those circumstances, but you're actually going to be owed accommodation.
1: See, that that's interesting because that was the next question I was going to ask over the last year plus. I mean, uh, of course, here in BC, but across the country, a great deal of the workforce has been equipped yeah, quite quickly, rather to start working at home. Many of them are still doing it. Some are not getting called back. Some are doing a hybrid situation. So what if that, you use that as a bargaining chip with your employer saying, I, I would rather remain unvaccinated for personal reasons. How about I continue working at home? Can they demand you go back to work at the office? Or can you rely on that accommodation?
2: Well, you know, in the cur- in all of the things being equal, the current status quo is that, yes, an employer can typically require that you go back to the office. Now, of course, one exception to that is if you had been working from home prior to COVID-19 or if you had some conversation with your employer, hopefully in writing, uh, that you are for the foreseeable future going to be working from home. And you can argue that's now become a term of your employment or if it was a term of your employment previously, then actually requiring you to go back into the office can be a constructive dismissal. Wow. That's not going to be the case, however, for people who were simply working from home as a result of a necessity because people weren't allowed to be in the office or it was risky to be in the office. In those cases, uh, if you... Refuse to go back to work, and it was a term of your employment that you work in the office, which for most people who worked in the office prior to COVID-19, which I know feels like a lifetime ago, uh, but for most of those people, it's still a term of your employment that your employer, it may not be reasonable. Uh, The employer may not have a a very good reason to to have people in the office, and actually the safest thing um, is typically going to be to have people working from home, but unless there is some kind of uh, amendment to employment standards or the human rights code that says that people have the right to work from home if it is feasible to do so, until, that, until and if that happens, employers have the ability to demand those people go back to the office. Now, there's going to be other exemptions as well. So for instance, you know, we were just talking about a medical uh, exemption. So despite everything I just said, if you have a medical exemption and your employer is saying you must go back to the office then you just need to present medical evidence and show that your job can be worked from home. And for the vast majority of people, you're going to have proof of that over the last 18 months where you have been working from home. So it's going to be very difficult for an employer in that instance to say we can't accommodate if there's an accommodation requirement, uh, you know, and the other, other kinds of, uh, accommodations, maybe, you know, if you have small children who have to go to daycare, um, and, uh, the daycares have been closed or become inaccessible. Uh, due to COVID-19. That's another form of accommodation that the employer is going to owe you. And again, if you've been working for the last 18 months, very difficult for a company to say, oh, this is undue hardship because they've been doing it for so long already.
1: And welcome back to the show. Yep. 604-280-9898. That is the number you want to call into just uh, getting a call lined up, grabbing a name, and then we'll move on with that. But I want to throw an email at you, uh, John, since uh, we've got those waiting in the wings as well. Simran, says uh, john my employer has told me that in 12 months my pay is being reduced by half is that legal
2: well uh yes uh, and potentially no Uh, so uh let's start with the basics uh reducing your pay by half i mean that is almost always going to be a constructive dismissal, right? Unless that's something that you've consented to, or it's contemplated in your employment agreement specifically, then having your pay cut by such a substantial amount is typically going to be a constructive dismissal. But uh, that being said, if you are being given advance notice, then you're effectively uh, being given Semran. It's almost as if in that case, the employer is acknowledging that's a termination kind of implicitly, right? We're going to make this change. We recognize that we can't do it right away because that would be a breach of your employment agreement. So we're going to give you 12 months. And Samran, what you're supposed to do actually uh, under the law is to use those 12 months during which time you should have the exact same employment duties and the exact same pay uh, and to use that time to find another job. And if you are out of work at the end of that, then depending on your years of service, your age, the nature of your position, you could be owed much more. Uh, So if you've been employed there for 20 years and you're still out of work at the end of that 12-month period, then um, you're going to be owed uh, potentially significantly more than they've offered you. So it's really going to depend on the circumstances. But that notice they gave you is going to factor into how much severance you could be owed here.
1: Get to another email if we've got uh, some time. In the meantime, always the phone call's top priority. Nicole, thank you for hanging on. Good afternoon.
3: Hi, thank you. Sure. Um, I just wanted to get a bit more of, um, I guess, a description as to what a constructive dismissal, like sure. what falls under that. Um, I'm in a situation where I've been with my employer for a number of years. I've had a number of responsibilities, and those are starting to be stripped away from me. And, um uh-huh. Um, that's kind of what I'm feeling that they're wanting to push me out. Um, so I'm just curious uh, is the stripping of responsibilities that have been there since your employment and were part of your original job description? Is that a constructive dismissal? and do I have some kind of a case?
2: Well, Nicole, I'll start by saying that I think this is likely going to need a longer conversation to go through it, and probably we'd need to see what was in your employment agreement, how fast these have been eroded from your position. But, I mean, the short answer is is that, yes, it can be, uh, Mm -hmm. but... It's going to really depend on the situation. So, for instance, if you're in an administrative job and you go from doing some administrative duties to some other administrative duties, that's likely not going to be constructive dismissal. On the other hand, if you've really lost prestige, for example, you had a team of five people reporting to you, all of a sudden you only have one person reporting to you, uh, and you've you know you've lost uh, responsibility for certain areas, or you've gone from a client-facing role to a non-client-facing role, uh, then you know if you're getting a negative impact. On on your uh, employment, then that mm-hmm. can be constructive dismissal. So all this to say, you know, you're not as an employee, you're not entitled to have necessarily all your, all the exact same responsibilities all the time in exactly the same mm-hmm. way. The employer does have some flexibility uh, within reason, particularly, you know, you'll see sometimes in employment agreements, that's, that's contemplating, no, you will change your duties within reason. But it has to be within reason. And if, and if the job has become fundamentally different than from what you signed up for, well, that's when it becomes a breach of contract. And that's what we call a constructive dismissal. So okay. it's it's a conversation that, that we should have as soon as possible, because mm-hmm. if you wait, um, then you can be deemed to have acquiesced to those changes. And in fact, depending how long this is going on for, that may already be a concern we have to contend with. So um, I would, if you're worried about this, you want to do something about this, uh, then time's really not on your side here, and, and we uh, we need to speak about this as soon as we can.
3: Okay, well, I will look at giving your office a call. These changes are all very recent within the past week.
2: Okay, well, now's a good time to do it then.
1: Thank you, Nicole, so much, and uh, a wise decision picking up that phone call for the last two minutes, and that's exactly where it's going to lead to some answers and uh, clear things up for you. To reach out, that number, 604-283-3123, 604-283-3123. We'll get to uh, Travis here, John. We've got a few minutes left. Travis says, guys, can I be fired after eight months of working at a job? They falsely accused me of something I didn't do.
2: Well, well, no, uh, Travis, if, if you have not done something and you have uh, been falsely accused of it and they haven't given you severance as a result of that, then that is a wrongful dismissal. You know, A simple uh, matter of any case where just cause is alleged by the employer, if you did not do what you were accused of doing, then it's not going to be just cause for dismissal. So the only question that, that arises from that is, can we prove it right and that's a discussion uh, and the answer to that is something that uh, is we'll have to go through in detail but if you're in that situation where you've now been fired um, after having been falsely accused of something then please give us a call because that is exactly the kind of situation where severance package should be negotiated
1: Nancy is up next says I've had to miss work on several occasions because of a medical issue that I'm dealing with my boss told me that if I miss work Uh, more work. I shouldn't bother coming back. Can you do that?
2: No, no, Nancy. No, absolutely not. That is is an abject uh, violation of the uh, B.C. Human Rights code um, and that is just not the way uh, that employment law it works really in any of the provinces in in, in this country we have uh, protections against people um, having to choose between their health and their job it's not a choice that people should have to make um, so if you are experiencing an ongoing medical issue and your employer is threatening you with termination and you want to you want to make sure that uh, you take all measures to try and protect your job prevent that from happening we can't physically stop the employer from doing that, but we can certainly send them a very serious letter that will let them know that they're being watched and you know they'd better uh, you know, act in accordance with the law.
1: Got an interesting email here from uh, from Bill, John. I don't think we've ever been asked this question before. Bill says, I would like to take some time off this fall to travel, about two months. How should I approach my employer about taking unpaid time off and what do I do if they say no?
2: Well, uh, vacation time is an entitlement that you have, um, but it is, first of all, it's going to be subject to um, how many uh, years you've been working, and there isn't a statutory right to to eight weeks vacation time, so you would have to look at whether you have a contractual right to To to, uh, eight weeks vacation. Um, If you don't have a contractual right, then you're asking for something that you don't actually have a right to. And even if you do have a contractual right to vacation, the employer is still going to have discretion as to when that vacation takes place. They just have to do it within a certain period of time every year. So if the employer says no, um, then all you can do is try and negotiate some kind of compromise you cannot dictate uh when uh when your vacation happens you, you have to work cooperatively with the employer to do that
1: he's basically i mean if he doesn't have enough vacation time to cover it and or they don't want to give it to him at that time he's going to be basically bargaining for like a mini sabbatical right
2: yeah that's all you can do you can bargain you know see what you can offer your employer in exchange and um, hopefully uh, get them on side
1: Beth writes in again, anytime you can, uh, show or no show on the air, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Beth says, guys, I've been on a medical disability for three months. My employer is putting pressure on me to return to work. They say that the business really needs me. I'm afraid that if I don't return, I won't have a job there anymore. Do you have any advice for me?
2: Well, this is... uh, uh really uh, unfortunate uh, that we we seem to have this this issue come up so often right now but uh, uh, we're just going to have a, <laughs> a reckoning uh with employers who are um uh, i guess not used to doing this i think that the first thing that you should be doing um is to get a doctor's note get a prognosis you don't have to get into details about the diagnosis but get a prognosis how long are you expected to be off? Are you going to need any kind of accommodations Uh, when you come back? And email that to your employer and do so now. And in your email, you should also note that your employer has been putting pressure on you and that you are making it uncomfortable and you feel like you are being asked to choose between your health and your job. Because again, that is the point of the legislation that protects you against that is you shouldn't have to do that. If you have a disability, you are protected under the code. So um, that's the first thing that you should do. And if you are continually uh, being pressured um, and your job is being threatened, and certainly if if you lose your job, that's the time to give us a call so we can intervene and get you back to work. Or if we can't get you back to work, which unfortunately sometimes is the case, to at least get your severance package.
1: We'll slide Nancy's email in here quickly to wrap up the show today. Says, my boss is always very rude and demeaning. He yells at me regularly and puts me down in front of other employees. What can I do about it?
2: Well, what you can do about it will depend on what kind of uh, workplace that you're in, because sometimes you have um, a, a human resources manager. Sometimes there is an mm-hmm. owner. Sometimes the person you report to is you know, all three, your boss, the human resources manager and the owner. And if that's the situation, then all you can really do is put the complaint to them in writing. But that's the first thing that you want to do. And if there is no response or a negative response to that complaint, uh, then it's time to call us and to intervene. Um, But these are very, very tricky situations to navigate because, of course, often the employer will say something different uh, than you said. So the best thing that you can do in the meantime is to put in writing everything that is happening. You know, today you said this to me and this made me very uncomfortable because. And that way, if they're not, you know, putting putting forth a different version of events, it'll be hard for them to deny it later.
1: And that'll pretty much wrap it up for another afternoon. Appreciate all your email and phone correspondence and taking the time to catch the show today. You want to reach out now that we're done for another week. Here is how you do it, help at employmentlawyer.ca. 604-283-3123, Six zero four two eight three thirty one twenty three the phone number and the website built just for you. It's free, it's anonymous, full of employment law knowledge. And uh, in there as well, wrapped up into this website is the good old trusty severance pay calculator. Find out exactly what you would be owed if and when the time comes that you are uh, let go and needing proper severance pocket, employmentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you next time, Employment Law Show on CKNW.